Good evening. Tonight we're learning Maseches Moed Katan Daf Ches. And uh, after we finish Maseches Moed Katan Daf Ches, um, uh, it's really amazing. Jonathan Ida is going to be making his first seum ever on uh, Maseches Psachim. And he's going to come here. He's got trays of sushi oh, and some, and cookies and, and drinks. So we'll be able to celebrate with him. Uh, and just a huge simcha to finish your first Masechta. It's really, it's a gewalt. So uh, it's great. So uh, right now we're going to be starting on the bottom of Yud Zayin Amid Beis. We're two lines before the wide lines at Tanur Rabbanon, and we're going to we're going to be heading toward the Mishnah at the bottom of Daf Yud Chesim Amid Beis, three lines from the bottom. A couple of Halacha Lamaisa Sugis, the famous Gemara about uh, fingernails. Uh, that if you should not cut your fingernails and a pregnant woman might walk over them. We're going to discuss that a little bit today and some other, some other practical halachos, halachos of getting engaged during cholamoid. So it says the Gemara, two lines before the wide lines, 10 lines or so from the bottom, Yud Zayin Amid Beis. Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis have taught us, in any case scenario where one has a heter to shave during cholamoid, those same case scenarios would warrant one to get a haircut during avelus. Says the Gemara, that's not true. Some people say that that doesn't carry over to the world of Avelos. When we say in the Brisa that it's mutter during Avelos to get a uh, to get a haircut, that's when it's shetakfuhu Avelav, where one Avelos nebuch just coincides one right after the other. They don't overlap. They're coinciding. So he comes out of Avelos and then Nebuch, another crisis takes place and he's in Avelos once again. That's when we say it's mutter, but otherwise you're right. It really is not mutter. So says the Gemara. Um, and if that's true, if you're saying the case is one in which there was one Avelos right after the other, then that doesn't make sense. Why then did the Brisic detail, my area, call Elu Sha'amru, all of the cases that are previously listed in the Mishnah? No, it has nothing to do with those cases. It has to do with bishatakfuhu avelav when there's when there's a sequential set of multiple aveluses in a row. So therefore, my area Every case should be that way. The Tanya, the Brisa writes elsewhere, takfu avelav If a person's hair is very long and he's going from one avelus nebuch to the next one, mekel b'tar, he's allowed to uh, cut his hair with a razor, not on the scalp, but he can cut the hairs with a razor. And under those circumstances as well, he can also do laundry. Eight lines from the bottom on your Zion with base says the Gemara Ha'itmar Allah. We learned already about this. So the Gemara here answers with the following. There is a case where we say that uh, you're allowed to have a full haircut. That's when you have two things going on. That's called Elushamru. All the cases that we discussed, the cases of getting out of prison, the cases of getting out of Pigeon Shvuyim, your boat came back late, plus the complication of Takfu Avelov. That's when we allow a full haircut. Otherwise, no, we only allow the trimming of hair with a razor. I remember uh, when I was a young child, we used to get haircuts in the, in the purple Hyatt uh, in the basement. What was that guy's name? Uh, Mr. Huss, an old uh, European man. And apparently there was this thing, they would take a razor after your haircut and they would just run it over. Have you ever seen this? Like they run it over the, just to get like the straggling hairs. It's like an old school. Uh, so that's the type of haircut that we're talking about. It's just, we're not talking, obviously it's us who don't do anything on the scalp near the pace, but that's what we're talking about over here. Fine. Says the Gemara, as a diuk from this uh, collection of Bryce's and the answer that Rav gave, that an Ovel is not allowed to do, do laundry. Tanu Rabbanon, four lines from the bottom. 
when we learn that there are primarily, that generally the rule is that it's usher to get a haircut during the moed, kach usher litoltzi por naim b'moed dibir of Yehuda. Rav Yehuda was of the opinion that you're not allowed to uh, trim your nails, toenails, fingernails. We'll see which, which one of the two or both in the Gemara later. He says it's not allowed. The Rabbiosi Matir. Rabbiosi says it's allowed. We paskin, this is quoted in Piske Chuvos, that if a person regularly trims their nails on Fridays, and then Friday in Cholamoid is uh, whatever regular weekday, but Cholamoid, you're allowed to trim your nails. But you can't save everything for then. It can't be your once in a blue moon. I only do this once a month, and otherwise I you know, look like I have crazy. That's not right. You should be doing it the right way, uh, whatever it is, but you can't just do it out of the room. And just like we also learned that it's forbidden for an avel to get a haircut during his avelus, so too the halacha should be that during avelus one's not allowed to cut their nails. And Omar Ula, how do we paskin on these cases? We have a machlokas about how to paskin about the machlokas between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi. Halacha Rabbi Yehuda be'avel. We hold like Rabbi Yehuda when it comes to avelus, which is more machmir. Halacha Rabbi Yossi be'moed, and we hold leniently like Rabbi Yossi when it comes to cholamoid. But Shmuel argues. Shmuel Omar halacha Rabbi Yossi be'moed uve'avel. We paskin leniently in both cases. The Omar Shmuel and this halacha permeates the laws of Avelus, and the halacha is halacha kedivrei hamekil be'avel. By and large, there are exceptions, but by and large, we typically try to follow the lenient opinions in the case of machlokes when it comes to the world of Avelus. Hard enough to be an Avelus, as people in this room can testify to for sure, and we try to make it as easy as we can by being lenient. So there was a machlokes about the nails. Uh, so machlokes, or Yosef, or Yehuda, we're going to be mekel about the nails. Cut your nails if that's a stressor for you. Yeah. Why? Why is there a hekish between Cholamoid and Avelis? Well, this that, this comparison was made in the beginning of this parak, in the beginning of the third parak. It, it was questioned. The Gemara is not so clear about the comparison, but it's like days that are not halachically restricted from malacha, but that have some type of secondary restriction in place. Right? It's not like formal 39 malachos or 36 malachos, whatever it is. So the Gemara felt that there was some comparison between them. That's a good question. Intellectually, academically, it requires a, this, the question's a great sheer, a great, a great question for its own sheer about this comparison. But in a dafiomi frame, the answer is that it's a machlokas as to whether the comparison has enough meat on the bones to allow for anything to transfer. Lemaisa, it doesn't matter when you're, if you're Shmuel, because Shmuel Paskin's Lakula anyways. Says the Gemara, an awful story. Pinchas, um, Achva Demar Shmuel. Pinchas was the brother of Shmuel, the, the Amora, Shmuel and Rab. And Isra Bein Milsa. And Pinchas was in Avelis. Someone in, in the immediate family of Pinchas, though not Shmuel's immediate family, which means it wasn't, it had to be like a, on his, like a, it could be, it could, be, could have been one of Pinchas's children or not a parent, because that right. There has to be someone that isn't immediately related to Shmuel because Shmuel wasn't sitting Shiva. Anyways, so Pinchas was sitting Shiva, Isra Bein Milsa. That's the Gemara's kind of Lashon Sagi Nohar about uh, needing to, for something terrible happening. Ol Shmuel, le Mishal Taimamine. He went, literally translated, to ask him a reason, which is not what it means. It just means he went to go pay a Shiva call. Another type of euphemistic language. And Chazinhu Latufre, to Havunifishin. Chazinhu, he saw Latufre, his fingernails to have an efficient that they were very long and remember what Shmuel Paskin's like on the top line Shmuel says we Paskin so he was expecting to see that his own brother Pinchas would have cut his nails why are you holding on to your nails that's not cut them off you're allowed to cut your nails during Avelus says Shmuel 
So Shmuel says to him, Why didn't you take them off? Why didn't you cut them? And then Pinchas responded with what turned out to be a very dangerous response. If you, Shmuel, had been in my shoes, if this happened to you, would you be so lenient with cutting your nails? So we'll... First of all, halachically, that was a strange question because we know that Shmuel Paskin is the Kula. Maybe what Pinchas meant is I'm in a different emotional state than you are. You're asking me a shaila about my nails. I don't care about my nails. I'm an Avelis. I'm like, his head could have just been in a totally different place. It's hard to know exactly what's going on. But from the Gemara itself, it seems that there was an, another layer here because Pinchas knew that Shmuel held leniently in Hilchos Avelis and that we Paskin like Rabiosi that you should cut your nails. Anyways... <laughs> It was as though something inadvertent had come out of the mouth of the king. If the king says accidentally, please kill person X, <laughs> the person's dead before he knows it, right? Even, even if it's an accident. Pincha said something and it ended up becoming true. Just a very, we should be careful with what we say, careful for what you wish for, whatever the right, uh, you know, today's uh, colloquialism. What? You may just get what you wish for. So then, then things turned around. Now Pinchas was out. Now Pinchas was out of Shiva, and Shmuel was paying a Shiva call to Pinchas. So all, uh, uh, sorry, Pinchas was out of Shiva, and Shmuel was in Shiva. All Pinchas, the and then Pinchas went to go to his brother to Shmuel, and you know what Shmuel did? Shmuel was angry. He partially blamed his brother for the death of his immediate family member. He took his fingernails and he whipped him in the face of his brother. Because it was, it was like a, the whole sugi was around the nails. So he's like, I'm so upset. And he took his fingernails and he tossed them at his brother as he sat in the chair opposite the low chair. Don't you know how powerful your mouth is? What you can say and what can come true. We have a covenant with our words that when we say things, they can happen. How do we know that we have such power with words? With the story of Akedas Yitzchak, you guys sit here with the donkey. We will go over there. And we will prostrate ourselves. We'll do our avoda. And then the key word, we'll come back to you. But no. No, Yitzchak shouldn't have come back. It's the Akeda. Yitzchak should have died. So Rashi on the, on the spot, not here, Rashi ala Parsha says that he said a nevuah. He didn't even realize what he was saying. He said a nevuah. He didn't know what it was. It just fell out of his mouth. And what happened? And because that came out of his mouth, he said a prophecy. It's bris krusalus And what ended up coming out of his mouth is true. So that's how we know that uh, we should be very, very careful with what we say to other people in general. Uh, and we should also feel a tremendous empowerment for the power of good to happen as well, Daven, for good things to happen for other people. It might be one of the reasons why the Gemara says that kol palal al chavero, you're using your, your koach adibo for the right thing. It's very powerful. It's very powerful. What? Amen. Okay, you should get married. Amen. There you go. Says the Gemara, end of story a little bit. Says the Gemara, Savor Mine, uh, not everybody understood Shmuel. Savor Mine de Yad in, that he only held, held that you can cut your fingernails. De regulo, but to cut your toenails, you're not allowed. And that's not true. Amar of Onan Bar Tachlifa, Lididi Mifrashali Mine de Shmuel, Loshna de Yad, Veloshna de Regal. That's incorrect. We don't make this separation of fingernails and toenails. If you allow one, you allow the other. If you don't allow one, you don't allow the other. 
You're not allowed to use a gnustera. What is this tool? Rashi, right? It's not really Rashi, by the way. I never said this earlier in the Masech. It's not Rashi. It's uh, some other commentary in the Rishon. It's quite similar to Rashi. But if you look on the bottom of, a, of the Oz Vahadar, I don't know if this is in the regular Gemaras, but I have on the bottom Rashi Ksavyad. Uh, and it's very, 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 very succinct, similar to what we are used to in Rashi. And we're going to learn one of those Rashis today. But uh, anyways, Uvgnistro, whatever looks like Rashi, a quarter of the way down, says misparaim, which is scissors. But if you look in Tosvos, Tosvos does not have the same understanding as this second Tosvos. Uvgnistri aser pirush be'aruch. The aruch was a commentary that explained a lot of words, obviously from the times of earlier than Tosvos. The last of the Bali Tosvos was the Rush in the 1300s. The Rush was the father of the tour who wrote the book that was basically the precursor to the Shulchan Aruch. Uh, it was the precursor to the Shulchan Aruch. So we know that this is a thousand years old, Be'erech. And what does the Aruch say? It's that thing that we use to cut our nails. It's a unique kli. The Kachshemo, that's its name. Umi Lashon Dignustra, Aser. Okay, and then he goes into the details. But Lemaisa, they had some type of fingernail cutting contraption. Ours is probably. I'm just guessing different than what they had, but they had something uh, that wasn't scissors. So Rashi and Tosos differ as to whether or not we're talking about scissors, the Mainaf Kamina. So here's Naf Kamina. What's the normal way to cut your nails? Here's the normal way to cut your nails with scissors, in which case it's probably going to be Usser, according to Yehuda, or is it with the, well, I don't even know what they're called, the nail cutters, or whatever, do they have a name? I don't even know. Clippers. Nail clippers. So then you, are those mutter? Huh? Well, Oh, the Gemara is going to discuss that in a minute. Yeah, the Gemara is going to discuss that in a minute. So anyways, the Gemara says that when we have the leniency, uh, when we have the leniency to cut our nails, it's not with a gnustera and just, Lemaisa, uh, just a debate as to what we're talking about. The Gemara says halfway down on Yudches, Amar of Shemin Bar Abba, I was in the base Medrash on Chol HaMoed with Rav Yochanan, and he bit his nails, Tufre, Bishine, he bit his nails, Vizarkinhu, and he threw them. Says the Gemara, Shmaminatlas. I've learned three things from him. Shmamina Mutter Litol Tsipornai Bhul Shalmoid. First things first, the day of the week, the day of the year. It's Khulamoid, and he's he's tearing his toenails with his uh well, maybe not his toenails, that's acrobatic. But he's uh he's biting his fingernails. Oh, I could never do that, man. I failed that test every single year. We had the presidential test. How far can you get to your toes? Nowhere near them. Never got close. Really? Okay. Thank you for sharing. What's the second thing that we learned? It's not considered disgusting to bite your nails. Okay. That's interesting. It is kind of gross, but... Uh, We'll discuss a halachic application of this shortly. And we also learned that it's it's mutter for one to throw their nails on the ground, seemingly, which is strange because the Gemara says, Aini, is that correct? The Chachamim in Abraisa wrote that there are three things that we should know about Sipornaim. Hakovran Tzadik, someone who buries their nails, they're Tzadikim. Sorfan Chasid, those who burn their nails, uh, they are Chasidim. Some have a minhag to burn their nails with their chametz. They collect their nails throughout the year and they put it into the fire on Pesach. Brandis, I can see it happening in your yard. Save them up. Save them up. Bunch of girls in the family. Everybody's clipping the nails in a bag on Fridays, you know? Absolutely. That's right. Yes, that's, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. And what's the last one? Says the Gemara, Zorka, Russia. 
You're not allowed to throw your toenails. Why are you not allowed to throw your toenails? Time of my two thirds of the way down. Shema tavor alehen isha ubara v'tapil. That maybe Rachmana Litzlana, a woman who's uh, who's pregnant, will will miscarry by walking over nails. I don't have the explanation for how and why this works. I did see in one of the modern. I did not now. Many years ago, I saw in one of the post game that we're. This is interesting. We're not on a level for this kind of a thing to apply to us. That's what I saw written in Poskim. I don't know if it's the Misa. I don't ask anything. I'm just saying that's what it uh, that's what it sounded like. That's what it sounded like. But anyways, <laughs> says the Gemara, how can you say that Shmuel was spitting out? That's not right. That's the Gemara's whole kasha. Says the Gemara, don't worry. Isha be medrash Women don't come to the base medrash. They don't sit in the base medrash and shtag on the men's side. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. So what's the concern? Men aren't pregnant. And uh, it doesn't matter. You're fine. You're good to go. The only danger is for pregnant women. And if you want to say, we're going to collect them all up. We're going to sweep. And then we're going to dump it all out in the yard. We're going to put it outside. And maybe outside in the hallway or in the garbage can or out in the grass. And women do walk there. Once you move a nail from where it's resting after it, it falls and you move it, the whole heebie-jeebie thing is gone. Nothing to worry about. Hmm. I looked in the Marsha for a perush on this. I don't have a lot of time to research it, um, but um, I, I don't understand this. I don't. If anybody knows, I'd love to hear, but it's no, there's no simple uh, explanation in the Gemara. It just seems to be one of the many things that we've learned in Shas, like about amulets and about potions and about incantations and the different things that uh, that we don't understand. Uh, maybe one day we'll be sophisticated enough to understand them. But as of now, that's how Shmuel gets out of it. And just so you should know, halacha the mice. So the post can discuss this halacha uh, about biting nails uh, when a woman has to go to the mikvah and Shabbos or Yantif and she forgets to cut her nails. And that's the din in Shulchan Aruch, that a woman has to cut her nails to make sure that they're clean, no chatzitzas. So the poskim recommend to find a non-Jewish woman to bite the nails of the one who has to go to the mikvah. It's quoted in the poskim as a real, uh, as a real shita. Why? So why not cut them? That's an Isra Daraisa. Oh, it's Shabbos, Shabbos. Shabbos or Yantif. That's Mamish Nisra Daraisa. Can bite nails on Shabbos? No. It's but Because of the mikvah, we allow them to, we allow them to intermingle. That's fine. It's a mere, it's, because that level of Amir La'akum is on a Din Doraisa level. It's, it's a Din Dorabonon, but she's doing a Din Doraisa for you, which she can do a Din Dorabonon. You're asking the practical questions. I'm, we're talking up here in the theoretical realms of what would be the best halachic option. It's uh, super weird. Super weird. Yeah. I remember where I was sitting in the base medrash in Eretz Yisrael when I learned this. Because everyone was like, huh? Yeah, that's what it says. That's what someone supposed to say. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to flip a light switch? No problem. I got you. No problem. <laughs> Always the entrepreneurial one. I appreciate that. Says the Gemara, three lines before the white lines. Amar of Yehuda. Oh, you're a businessman. Always thinking. Amar of Yehuda Marab. Zug ba mecham sanlifnei Rebbe. Uh, Rabbi Huda Amarav and Amora made a statement referred to as a memra. Whenever Amoraim speak, their statements are referred to as memras. And this is not in Nebraisa, according to this version. And Rabbi Huda Amarav said that there was a pair of people who came from Cham, which is a location, Lifnei Rabbi. But Umar Zutra says it wasn't Rabbi Huda Amarav who said this. Masni, it was from a Mishnah or a Brisa that Zugba Machmasan, Mechamsan Lifnei Rabbi, who Bikshumi Menutsi Pornaim, Hitcherlehem. And they asked him, is it mutter to cut nails? Uh, the Rishonim here discuss, are we talking about Cholhamoid? Are we talking about Avelis? Not clear at all from the Gemara which one we're talking about. So, very, very um, gentle but important insight to make it. We don't know what season we're talking about. Is it Avelis or is it Cholhamoid? Anyways, we hear Lehem, Rebbe said it's Mutter. And then the Gemara says, seemingly in this price up, the Imbik Shumimenu Safa, had they asked about cutting a mustache, Hitir Lehem, he would have let them 
do that as well. And then says the Gemara in the first of the long lines, No, Taka, they did ask this question, and he let them do it. And Omar, One is allowed to cut their mustache from corner to corner. Rashi explains corner to corner is where anything that is in between that overlaps the lips because it's very, very difficult to eat, says the next line of the Gemara. The reason why you're allowed to trim the hairs of your mustache, again, when, during Cholamoy, during Abelis, is because it can interfere with the eating of your food. And that's not, that's unpleasant, even though some people dafka grow their mustaches out that way. It's good for them, but I, but you're allowed technically to cut your mustache during this period of time. Even if it's not in my mouth, he's this. He was more of like a, an istinus. He was very much more like finicky. Like nothing could get close to his lips. Like he, like almost. I'm using my own. Uh, uh, poetry here. It, it was almost like he had a sensory issue of having like hair on his lips. It wasn't the halachic issue of Safa Me'akeves, but he still allowed for cutting of the hair, even if it only bothered him personally, even if it wasn't, you know, inhibiting him from eating food. And another statement by the same person, the paro that was in the time of Moshe, who Amma, who's a very short person, was a Kano Amma, and his beard was an Amma, Rashi says it's speaking about uh, Ama, about his uh, about his private parts. And the Rashi on the bottom of the page says it was referencing the length of Orla, Dafka. I mean, nothing to do with the body itself, just the length of Orla. I can share with you as a practitioner of the trade. If there's a very long Orla in a normal anatomy, very difficult bris. Well, we can discuss the details later. Okay. Says the Gemara, how do we know this is true? Fine. Pasuk to reference. Another statement by him. He was some type of sorcerer. He was doing things with water. Rashi here discusses what exactly was going on with the water. Okay. At the two dots, five lines, six lines from the bottom, says the Gemara, we said that there are those who are allowed to do laundry. That includes people who are traveling from out of town. That if a person only has one garment, then he's allowed to do laundry on Cholamoy. That's all he has. It's all he can afford. The post can discuss if you run out of laundry, is it better to do laundry or buy more clothes? And the halacha is it's better to go buy more clothes. So one year this happened to me, I ran out of shirts to wear for Shabbos and Yantiv. So better than doing laundry, much as it costs me more money because laundry is very inexpensive, all things being equal, a buck, a, a buck, a load of laundry, whatever it is, it's nothing. A shirt's 30, 40, 50 bucks. I went, I went out to the store and I went to go, you don't have a choice. Like you have to ask a Shiloh. That's what's going to happen. That's what they'll tell you. So he's allowed to do, do the laundry. Says the Gemara asking a question. Hold on. What did our Mishnah say? That the only people who are allowed to do this are people who can do laundry are people who are stuck out of town. Hani in only those who have those traveling things that came up. The fact that you're poor, that's not correct. So they're all woven in together. But if you have two and then, and then they're dirty, so all of these halachos are really inferred from the same source and there is no contradiction. If you have garments that are made out of linen, they're very, very easy to clean and therefore one is allowed to clean them on chol Because remember that we're talking about tircha, right? So there's, we have no tircha in laundry. I mean, the laundry is annoying, but it's not like, it's not the cleaning, actual cleaning part we don't even do. We just have to collect it and put it in the machine and hit a button. So 
Yes, that's a tircha because laundry is scattered evenly all over the house. So yeah, it's annoying. But actual laundry is not a tircha because the cleaning part is not what we do. <laughs> you, you throw a Tide Pod in and you push a button and shalom, you saw the food, the clothes come out for the most part pretty clean. So really, according to this logic, we should have no restrictions in doing laundry. The folks can also say that by kids' clothes, which just gets soiled and disgusting, for sure you can do laundry on that. Undergarments, some post can say, and I'm not really what we're talking about. Fine. Says the Gemara, let's ask Akasha on this about doing linen uh, laundry with on clothing that's made out of linen. Last line. Masiv Rabban. Mit If you have towels of the hands, we saw this price already. Or mit hasabharim, top of your chesmid base. Or if you have the towels that are used by people who are sapar and people who give haircuts. So we infer from this brisa that honey in, these are the ones that are allowed to be washed. However, clay pishton low. But you just said that the clay pishton, there's really no tircha there. They can be washed. Here, the inference from the brisa is that only those things that are specifically listed can be washed. The towels of the sapar and the towels of the, what was the first one? Um, the hand towels. Says the Gemara, Omar le Abaye Masne Afilu Desharmine. For the towels, I agree that even the you know even the linen can work, but regular linen garments cannot be clean. Says the Gemara, that's not true. Omar Barhidya, a rare name. I don't know that we've ever heard it before in Shas. I don't know. Um, and uh, Barhidya must have lived at the time of Abaye because they seem to be having a direct conversation. So that's fourth century of Amorim. That's approximately three fifty. Somewhere around there. I saw with my own two eyes. People were standing in the water of Tveria. People stood there with baskets filled with linen clothing. And it was they were doing laundry. So so what? Who says that they were doing what the Chachamim asked? You can't ask me a kasha on what the people are doing. The people talk in davening. The people speak Lashonara. The people do a lot of wrong things. You can't. Yeah, that's not a raya. A lot of people smoke. There's a lot of things that we do that aren't right. It doesn't matter. That doesn't make it right. So this is just interesting because in the Gemara, when we bring a raya from a rav, done. You're right. It's a beautiful kasha. But when you're asking a kasha on what the people do, that's not a raya. That's not a raya. The fact that people behave in certain ways have made certain societal norms doesn't make it mutter. The fact that it's happening doesn't make it allowed. And Abayah calls them out on that. They're not doing something right. They're doing something wrong. They should not be doing it. New Mishnah, eight lines down. Yudches Amud Beis says the Gemara be'elu kosvin b'moed says the Gemara. What about writing and cholamoid? This is a big discussion in Shulchan Aruch and Allah Chalamaisa. We really should try to avoid writing on cholamoid unless any of the following scenarios come up. Kiddushin Nashim, Kiddushin for women. Says the Gemara be'gitin divorce papers v'shovrin receipts. Daitike Rashi says that Daitike is a start tzava. It's a will. A person's last will and testament, they're on their deathbed, and this is the time that they need to write it. It's now or never, so that's allowed. Matana, okay, we have to figure out what that's talking about. We give gifts all the time. All of a sudden, you can write, thank you for having me for Yantiv, because you're giving a gift. Okay, we'll have to see. Prusbalin, of course, we know the documents that prevent the dissolving of a loan at the times of a Shemitah cycle. Igros, Shum, when you have an evaluation document, you know, we have these for like our houses every year. We get an appraisal value for our homes, whatever it is. The Igros, Mazon, um, documentation that has to do with food. Shtari Chalitza, Umi Unen, Ushtar, uh, let's do those two. Shtari Chalitza, we know a star that Chalitza took place. Uh, Miun is a, but we'll discuss this in the Gemara, not today, but another time. Miun is about when a younger girl is going to be getting married, that certain family members can reject the marriage. Uh, Ushtare Birurin, Rashi says, Shtare Birurin, if you look a third, a quarter of the way down in Rashi's, Rashi says, Beruru Bezden, Chelek Ze Loze, Chelek Ze Loze. 
It's like a psak bezdin that one is in fact allowed to uh, write down something where the bezdin clarifies who owns what. Let's say there's a machloka, so then you can put that information in. Fine. Um, and xeros bezdin, the bezdin is allowed to write, write down their xeros. The igros shell rishos, if you're dealing with governmental issues, let's say someone's a lobbyist, we have in Chicago, Soroka, Shlomo Soroka is down there all the time. So if writing something is going to help get a bill passed, no problem. That's like Furusha Mishnah. That's what we're talking about. Those things are all allowed. The post can discuss what about Talmud Torah. Mir Hashem will get there at some point. The Gemara opens 10, 12 lines down. Omer Shmuel. One is allowed to get engaged on Chol because otherwise someone could hop up this girl. She's a good girl. Now, the Arisin of the day, back in the day, is not what we call Arisin. Today's Arisin is halachically zero. Uh, fanfare pictures, but it's halachically zero. To give a woman a ring and say, will you marry me, does not have any bearing in Jewish law, except that you just spent a truckload of money. Other than that, no halachic anything. Erisin in halacha is when you say harad mikudeshesly and give a woman an item that belongs to you, that's a shavapruta, and she accepts it in front of Aiden. That's Erisin. Still can't touch at that point. There's still Isra Yichud at that point. And then only with the second phase of marriage, which is the actual chuppah um, v'kidushin, that's standing under the chuppah, sheva brachos, and then they're allowed to go to Yichud. There's a big shail in halacha. When does a woman have to start covering her hair? So a lot of postgame, most postgames seem to say that a woman is allowed to be at her own wedding with her hair uncovered without wearing a shetel because the machriya, the final makibapatish to ensure that a couple's marriage is tashmish amita. Yichud is not enough. And therefore a woman, even after Yichud, Yichud is not enough. Even though the sheer Yichud is dafka one for tashmish amita. The shear of Yichud is nine minutes, 10 minutes, whatever the post can say, is a period of time where it's reasonable for a couple to be Mishamish Mitasam. Afal Pikein. So most posts can say that a woman is not obligated to cover her hair until after they have had Tash Mishamita. However, Rav Willig from YU, another post can as well, absolutely not. Even under the chuppah, you should be wearing a shetel. Very Machbed. Okay, I, I hear that. I, I hear that more than I hear the other way. I, again, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not saying, I'm not making a macha. I just, that makes more sense to me, but that's what the Gemara not discussing here, but anyways, you can get engaged on Chol Hamoid, and we're concerned, Shema Yikad Menu Acher, uh, we'll learn a little bit of Musr from the Gemara on the bottom of the page. Asks the Gemara, Lema Misayele, maybe Shmuel can, can have a raya from our Mishnah. Ve'ilu kosvin noshim. That's what our Mishnah says. Maybe Shmuel is drawing from our Mishnah. Says the Gemara, my love, is it not in fact that Shtari Kedushin Mamish, that when we talk about Shtari Kedushin, we're talking about paperwork that indicates that Taka, I witnessed that these two people did Averson, that he gave her the ring. Says the Gemara, nope, lo, Shtari Psikta. Shtari Psikta are documentations as as the Gemara explains, what does Gidol Amarav say? You say to the to the groom side, how much are you putting into the pot for your son? And he answers, and how much are you going to put into the pot for your daughter? And that you can write down to make sure that there's a minimized. It's like an operating agreement to make sure that everybody knows that they're on a that they're on a safe playing field. Everybody knows what's going on. And if they get up after that and there's kiddushin, then there's kinyan. Absolutely, that works. These things actually also work with words, but it's mutter to write them down. So no, we cannot bring a raya for, for Shmuel from our Mishnah. Let's try again. Maybe we can bring another raya for what Shmuel said. You can't get married on not women who've never been married and not women who have been married. We don't do We learned about this already. Of Arvin Simcha Simcha. We're not allowed to have two moments of Simcha that coincide with one another because that is uh, well. We learned a couple of svars, but we got to get into the Rishonim about this because we have to make sure that the Simchas are not uh, diluted. 
Says the Gemara, what's the diuk that applies perfectly to Shmuel? Yeah, you can't get married. But you can get engaged. So says the Gemara, no, that's not correct. Almost halfway down, says the Gemara, no, really, this b'risa is a lomi boya karma. It's saying not only this, but even that. What is it trying to say? Lomi boya la'areis to loka abid mitzvah. I don't need you to tell me that you're not allowed to be ma'areis because the erisin is not a, a mitzvah. It's a precursor to a mitzvah at most, but it's not a mitzvah in and of itself. Otherwise, you make a bracha on it. And then give her the ring. We don't do that. There's no bracha. Lomi by that you can't do that because there's no mitzvah. But even in a case where you are getting married and it is a mitzvah, it's still usher. So says the Shmuel yet again has no right. Toshma, let's learn a brisa. You're allowed to be ma'aris. You can get engaged, but you cannot uh, you cannot finish with a chuppah. You're not allowed to do that. You as well are not allowed to have the uh, the Seudas Erisin party uh, just for the engagement party. No Yibum because that's Ma'arvin Simcha Simcha. Says the Gemara, Is Shmuel really right that he says that maybe you, someone's going to chop the bride? You've been dating for, I guess, back in the day. I guess you weren't. You've seen each other two, three times, right? The parents have spoken. Everything is all cleared up on the financial front. So what does Shemei Kad Menu Acher mean? No one's going to take her. After all, these things are governed on high. They're not governed down here. We don't, uh, what are you worried about? Someone's going to chop the girl? No. This field, these things are all determined by God. So says the Gemara, a crazy line of a friend. There's a whole share on this one line in Daf Gemara. Maybe through the power of tefillah alone, the second reference today to the power of speech, that I in prayer, could take someone else's bride before they get engaged, Erosin, and therefore one is allowed to get engaged on Cholamoy. Kihad Rava, because this actually is how things work. Shame lehahu gavra deboi rachamei. Rava heard that there was a man who was praying. Ve'omar, tizdamein lipalnisa. He was davening for this specific woman who he thought that he needed to marry. So Amar le, Rava says to him, lo tiboi rachmei No, that's not how things work. Because ichaz yalach lo azlaminach. If, in fact, she's the one that's right for you, she's not going anywhere. And the elo, if she's not shaykh for you, and you daven for her, and you don't get her, you're going to say, Kodesh Baruch doesn't listen to Tzvius. No, you're a shaykhitz. <laughs> you totally daven the wrong way. That's not how we daven. So says the Gemara, this guy, uh, does he never learned the lesson. Basar hachi, shamed the kamar, Rav heard the same guy davening again. O ihu lamus mikama, o ihi tamus mikame. He should die before her, uh, she should die before him, whichever it is. If, if, she, if, if I can't have her, nobody can have her. This is the same language. Didn't I already tell you? That's not how you didn't daven. You daven for your basher. You daven for the one who's going to help you. That the biggest ben aliyah, whatever. But it's not for person X. That's not how it works. Okay, a few quick statements of uh, this uh, uh, newish Amora, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen his name before. Amor of Shmuel. Uh, that's not correct. Amor Rav Mishum. Rebbe Ruvain ben uh, Itzrobili. He's actually a ton now that I'm thinking about it because Rav's quoting him and Rav was the first judge of... What? Sounds like an African. Oh, okay. It could be. Maybe he was. I don't know. But he says that from all three of the books of Tanakh, may Hashem, Isha, Le'ish, we know that 
the, a, a woman is determined to be with a particular man up in heaven. Only from Hashem. It says that it's only from Hashem. Okay, good. Next statement of this person. Rabbi Ruvain ben Itzrobili, some say it wasn't him, some say it was in a Mishnah Tana. Amar of Ruvain ben Itzrobili, ain Adam Nechshad Badavar Elohim Kain Asao. A person never has a rumor about them unless he did it. Wow. It's a little bit of a mic drop, but we're going to have to qualify that because it's just not always true. And if he didn't do the whole thing wrong, says the Gemara, he must have done something wrong. Even if he didn't do anything wrong physically, hear her, believe about La Soso. He was desiring for it to happen. Even if he wasn't the one who was desiring the thing, he saw that other people were doing this, and he's like, oh, Yuvaldic, I wish I could be involved in that. So says the Gemara, I mean, it's, it can't always be true. So the Gemara asks, last short, last at the middle with lines, what we refer to as the chait of the, of the ten shvatim, where they said negative things about Hashem, that's ridiculous. There's nothing wrong with Hashem. Says the Gemara, no, they were speaking negatively. Everybody, they were lahachis. If someone says something about you lahachis, then it has no meaning. It's only if, People are saying it about you, and no one has any reason to think anything negative about you. Then it's a problem. Tashma, another another source that poses a difficulty here. That there was kinui by Moshe, kinui and stira. Remember from the world of Sota that kinui is where uh, we're concerned that a husband that a, that a, that a husband's wife was with another man. So it says the Gemara, how do Rav and Shmuel understand this Pasuk? Second of the widest lines. Rav, sorry, Rav Shmuel bar Yitzchak Amar, Melamed, Shekol Echad Kine Le'ishtomi Moshe. Could you imagine being Moshe Rabbeinu, taking the Jews out of the desert? All of the magic, all of the Nisim, all of the leadership, all of the sacrifice. And all of a sudden, everyone from uh, Adas Korach, who's having this whole big battle with Moshe, they're like, they all tell their wives, don't be with Moshe. Don't be with Moshe. I'm warning you, don't be with Moshe, because that's how they wanted to start a rumor about Moshe, that he wasn't the right leader. So that's what they did. Says so no, Hasim Ishum they all hated him. They were upset. Rav Lachem Bnei Levi, you took all the leadership. They were angry. So they said something they shouldn't have said. Toshma, let's try again. Amar Yosi. Let me be one of the people who people say things about me that aren't true. So we see, for, we see very clearly that that's not really the case. And when people say bad things about you, then it means that you were involved. Last one, he said, by me, people were choshed me about something and I was totally innocent. So therefore says the Gemara, lo kasha, there's not a problem. The first statement of uh, Rev Ruvain ben Atsruboli, the lo kasha, ha bekala de pasik, and ha bekala de lo pasik. One's talking about, a rumor that stops. And if the rumor stops and taka is true, then maybe you did nothing wrong. And one is a habakala delopasi, where the rumor doesn't ever stop. And if the rumor doesn't ever stop, then you're probably somewhat guilty. Even if the most minor thing that you did, I should say, even if the most major thing that you did is just thinking about it or watching others be involved in this avera and enjoying it, so says the Gemara, you're, you're guilty. You're guilty of something. You're guilty. What is considered to be an amount of time where a coal is not pasik, that it doesn't stop? So says the Gemara, it's a very short time frame. Rumors in the city, day and a half. My gosh. 
today the world is a different place. You could put up one uh, comment about one person and it takes down the cancel culture, it takes down everything about that person's life, their parnasa, their marriage, everything. It takes almost nothing to ruin someone if you want it. So says the Gemara, it's only a day and a half. As mentioned, it's only if there isn't a, a breaking point in the rumors. If during that day and a half there was a break, then less than by you're not guilty. And even if there was a break, that break is not meaningful. It can't be that you did it out of fear that you stopped talking about alone. But if the reason that the rumor stopped is because you were scared of the guy, that doesn't make him innocent. It just makes him scary. The only time that it, this is going to be the case is where people don't start talking about it again. But if people still talk about it after the break, so then no, so then that's you're, you're still potentially guilty. We only, we only have this rule when there are no enemies. If you have enemies, then then it's going to be your enemies who bring it about you. Hashem should bless us to never be uh, criticized for things that we've never done. It's a terrible experience, I'm sure. We'll stop right here and pick up tomorrow with Dr. Tess. Wishing you all a beautiful night. We're going to start. Let me just make sure Dr. Ida's here. All right. Yeah, I'll, you start. I'll bring it in. Yeah, okay. Uh, the exact Dr. Ida is making his first scene ever. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, guys. All right, can I say a couple words? Is that all right? All right. So um, you guys don't know this, but I'm actually learning with you. I'm just 10 months behind you. So I'm finishing Pesachim tonight. Um, so I get to see every time that like Phil, there's like a break in the recording. I know someone said something inappropriate. So, you know, it's a good time. So um, Did you just say my bad? <laughs> yeah, mostly. I figured, you know. Um, oh, you know what? You know what? Rabbi Robinson wanted to know when we're starting. Hold on a second. All right. Um, the other thing I wanted to just let you know that this is, um, it, I, I've finished things before, but I've never done a seum because I, I personally, it was a little hard for me to come to the, get past sort of what I, I thought it might be like self-aggrandizing or something like that. But I spoke with Rabbi Robinson a couple of weeks ago and he was like, get over it, do it. So here we are. So, all right. And this is my first time doing it. So you get to see me cut my teeth on, you know, this stuff. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're learning the last uh, sugya in Masaka Pesachim. Um, it is a sugya that follows and is supposed to be related to something before it that doesn't seem actually related at all, right? You start at the end of Pesachim talking about whether a zrika um, is subsumed within, um, what is the word for it? Of, uh, of pouring. What is it pouring? Svicha. Svicha, right? Svicha. Um, but then it moves into this discussion about Pidyon Aben, kind of out of nowhere, seemingly unrelated. So, so it starts, Rabbi Simla, Ikla le Pidyon Haben. Rabbi Simla attended a Pidyon Haben. Bao Mine, they brought him a dilemma. Pshita al Pidyon Haben, obviously at a Pidyon Haben. Uh, the bracha Asher Kedishan Mesosovitz Ivano al Pidyon Haben is said by the father, right? Uh, does the Kohen say that or does the uh, father say that? Um, on the one hand, Kohen Mevarech, the Kohen has the benefit, right? The priest recites a blessing because he benefits. Or does the father do the blessing? 
mitzvah, because he is completing the mitzvah, or the, the, the scar of the mitzvah. Lahava bidei. Uh, Rabbi Simlai did not have an answer for that. Um, so Atash il base hamedrash. He took it to the base hamedrash and asked, uh, asked him, you know, Tomide Chachamim. Amrule, they said to him, Avi haben mevarech shtaim. They said to him, the father of the son recites two blessings. Vehilchta, and the halacha is Avi haben mevarech shtaim. The halacha is that the father of the son recites both blessings. Adron alech arve psachin. Samim Bukukeha Laman Lo Evosh Leolam Lo Eshkah Pikudecha Kivam Hitani Barukata Aronai Lamdeni Hukeha Amen 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 Selava Ed Modima Naknu Lefanecha Aronai Lohenu Velohea Vosenu Shes Samta Helkenu Mioshve Besa Medrash Velos Samta Helkenu Mioshve Kranos Anu mashkimim, the hem mashkimim. Anu mashkimim, the divre sora, the hem mashkimim, the divarim betelim. Anu amelim, the hem amelim. Anu amelim, umakablim sachar, the hem amelim, the enam, makablim sachar. Anu ratsim, the hem ratsim. Anu ratsim, la chayeho alam haba, the hem ratsim, liver shachas. Shene amar, the ata elohim, toridem, liver shachas, anshe damim, umirma. Lo yechetsu yemehem va'ani evtach bach. Yehiratzon lefanecha aronai lohai. Keshem she'azartani l'sayem maseches pesachim kein ta'azreni lahatchil masechtos usfarim acherim u'saymam l'ilmod u'lamed l'ishmor u'la'asos u'kayem es kol divrei salmud torasecha v'ahava u'schus kol ha'tanayim v'ha'amoraim Right. 
tanche osach b'shach b'cha tishmor alecha v'baha kitzos hi tishichecha ki vi yirbu yamecha v'yosifu lecha shnos chaim orach yamim bimina b'shmola osher v'chavod anai oz le'amo yitain aranai v'arech asamo v'shalom. Yiskadavi <laughs> Ishmaya la asre the yamlich kedusha briku the malchuse the kare the chayechon the yom echon the chayei the full base Israel bagala ubizman kari vaimru amen. Amen. Say hi to your family. Bro. <laughs> Yeah, you should have